0: How can the players pay back this huge sum of money that they owe the owners? If games do resume, there are going to be some lineup decisions that are going to raise some eyebrows. It's going to take a lot to convince me that this is going to really work all the way to the end. I don't care what people think of me if they know I watch (laughs) Jesus and Butthead. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And. Welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 37. I'm your host, Andrew Gross. Please seek me out on Twitter, A Gross Newsday. I'm actually noticing an alarming drop in in Twitter followers since uh, we last had hockey on March 12th. So I need some more followers in the old bank. So uh, A Gross Newsday, and I am joined Episode thirty-seven by my good friend and Newsday colleague Colin Stevenson, Colin S. Newsday. Colin, how are you today?
1: Uh, I'm doing all right, Andrew. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited about uh, training camp. Uh, phase three is about to, to, to start, so uh, yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, a
0: lot to delve into is the <laughs> NHL and the NHLPA uh, have have basically the framework. uh, on the return to play format done, uh, maybe a couple of minor items and and ratification votes, but uh, they basically have the framework. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to do some Andrew's answers and we're going to uh, try and get you prepped for uh, hopefully the return of hockey here. And uh, first of all, let me just say as I I start off every show now uh, wishing everyone good health and Hoping uh, you've gotten through another week okay. Hope the family's okay. And uh, Colin, one big lesson here as I start this episode: what you do got? not, do not eat a freaking trisket right before trying to record a podcast because I got this, <laughs> I got this brisket piece in the back of my throat. I can't oh, drink enough no. water right now. Rookie mistake on my part. Before we get into hockey, big breaking news that was texted to me by my uh, old college buddy today, apparently Beavis and Butthead yeah. making a, a comeback on Comedy Did you see special. that?
1: I new saw episodes. that. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> that is everything that old is new again. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean... Yeah, I, I I don't care what people think of me if they know I watch <laughs> Jesus and Butthead. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love it can
1: You can't. So wait. Here's my question: Are they gonna be teenagers again, and they're just gonna like do it in the twenty ten twenty twenties? Or I, are they gonna be like grown men now? Like you know,
0: oh, that's like interesting. Orange. I hope they just follow the cartoon tradition of no one ever gets old. <laughs> because, I, I, God bless me, I wish I was a cartoon and I could stay the same age forever. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but that is yeah. good news.
1: That is breaking news.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a breaking news alert there. But uh, as far as serious news here, NHL, framework of a deal, uh, not only for a return to play, but a, a four-year extension, on the collective bargaining agreement, uh, Olympic participation—what what were your thoughts? I mean, uh, I, I guess I, I've asked you this in the past, but uh, we'll go to the Colin Gage meter. Knowing that there is a return to play agreement, do, do you think there is going to be a return to play? Or are you
1: more or less
0: optimistic at this point?
1: Um, I, I, I am. I would say I'm more optimistic. I mean, I've gone back and forth, as, as I'm sure we all have. Um, so I think the bubble concept uh, is is a great concept. And I, and, and I think the NHL plan, I always liked it better than the NBA plan. Uh, one of the things now that's, that's turned out to be a very smart thing by the NHL is, you know, you, you, you didn't pick your hub city, you know, two, a month ago or or, mm-hmm. or six weeks ago. I mean, like uh, you know, gave yourself time. And then I think that was part of their, their thinking was like, we want to see how this plays out and, We'll see yeah. the factors are in play at that time and we'll make a decision later. And so now, uh, you know, we all thought that um Las Vegas was, was a lock to be one of the two sites and, and, and you see what's happening in, in uh, Nevada with the, the coronavirus and, and uh um and the numbers that are that are spiking there a little bit. And so now the NHL has the opportunity to go to a couple of places where the numbers are not as bad, you know, Edmonton certainly. And, 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 and Edmonton
0: has fantastic numbers.
1: Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I think that that worked out real well. Um, and there are other things that I, I would like about the NHL plan more so than say the NBA plan, you know, 24 teams res, rather than 22 teams and, and playoff hockey right away, rather than playing eight regular season games or whatever the NBA is going to do. So, you know, I, I liked the NHL plan uh, from day one, um, and I think it's it's looking now like it's the best plan, right? And I do think the bubble concept is going to work. You know, as the players have said in recent days, they just have to get to the bubble, right? Yeah. You know, so we've had the, the, the issue where, um, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning had to shut down their, their facility a couple weeks ago. and um, so we had the issue with the players in Arizona testing positive. You, you know, and right now the players aren't in the bubble. Um, they're, they're home and they're doing whatever they're doing, small group training phase two or whatever they're doing. And they're going home every day. They're going to the supermarket once a week or whatever they're doing. And, you know, once they get to the bubble, you know, they're going to be inside this hotel and everybody's, you know, going to be tested and negative and, and, you know, and they should be able to be kept safe. You know, you're going to have some guys that, Somebody's going to have it, right? Like it's inevitable. Like they're they're not a hundred percent negative, right? Somebody's going to have it, and they're going to get in the bubble. Somebody's going to have it, and then they'll quarantine that guy. But as long as six guys on a team don't have it, then I think you know you're good to go. Now, if if you're you know Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby. Happens to be the one guy in on your team that has it, then that's a problem. But yeah, yeah, you, know, you deal with that, <laughs> or, that. Or actually, you know what? More than Sidney Crosby,
0: if your starting goalie has it,
1: right, that, right, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you know. That's
0: true. And and you know what? We saw the numbers on on Monday that the NHL released. It was uh, uh, how many players? It was fifteen players out of the yes. two hundred and fifty. Uh, I think I got that correct. Fifteen out of two hundred and fifty.
1: Fifteen uh, out of two hundred and fifty, and then eleven guys that were out that were not doing right. phase two. Like yeah, so it
0: was fifteen out of the two hundred and fifty that were tested at the team facilities for right. phase two reopening.
1: Right. If you
0: do the math, and and my wife did it for me, that is six percent, which is way higher than what you're running at. You know, in in the in the rest of society. So. To me, that was a little concerning that it was such a high percentage.
1: Well, I mean, it is and it isn't. To me, you know, you got 11 guys in Arizona who are probably working out all together, right? You know, it's not like 11 guys that, that you know, from different corners of the state. I'm sure they're all working out together. And, and, you know, they'll have time. They're 14 days. As long as they don't have you know, like uh any issues that develop from having the virus, as long as it's just the virus and however many of them are asymptomatic anyway.
0: Yeah, um, they didn't they didn't say that.
1: They didn't say. But uh so, you know, I mean as long as they don't develop like uh respiratory issues like, you know, problems with their lungs or their heart or anything like that and and it's just a virus and it goes through their system and then they're good to go. Then you know, they got plenty of time to to quarantine and and be ready and and be ready for August 1st or July 30th or whatever, whatever time they're going to be starting up. So, you know, I I think that they'll start now, you know, the, the, the other question is, will they finish? Right. Yeah. And and that's the, you know, that's, that's the other question, you know, I think they'll be able to start because they're carrying rosters of what we, it's been reported 28 skaters and either three goalies or four goalies or unlimited goalies. So I don't know. So, the Rangers will probably take twenty eight plus three, uh, you know I don't know if they'll bring a fourth goalie, uh, yeah, the Islanders will certainly take twenty eight plus three, I suppose it depends on whether the coming or not um, we'll,
0: we'll We'll get to that later, yeah, 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 I
1: can't wait to hear the music by the way. It was really nice. <laughs> I heard it on last week's podcast um so uh but yeah, no so so you have a you know you'll have some depth which, which should protect you if one or two guys come down with it. Um, And then, you know, and then you just see, I mean, you hope that everybody's clean going in and and you'll see if anybody develops it. I don't know how they're going to get it though. You know, once once you get into the bubble, right. Yeah. So I think the thing is, is these guys have said, it's get to the bubble. I haven't seen obviously
0: all the health and safety protocols and I'm hoping, you know, like the NBA and the MLB, you know, we'll be uh, privy to seeing that once it's all finalized, but I know for the NBA, you know there was concern. Yeah, great. The players are in a bubble, and all the team right. personnel is in the bubble. But right. all these hotel employees—you can't quarantine hotel employees
1: for three months. Correct. They have months. to go home to their to their families, right?
0: Yeah. So, so how is that going to work in Edmonton and Toronto? And yeah, you know, in both cities, you do have the ability to be very close to the rink and in Edmonton you can get to the rink without going outside from the hotel. But you know I I just don't think you can hermetically seal anything at this point a hundred percent. So no, there's
1: no. you can't yeah. do a hundred percent. But the question is risk tolerance, right? I mean it's like any yeah. insurance company would talk about risk tolerance. I mean the the NBA thing or I, I should say again, the NHL thing because of where the, the hub cities are located. I think you know it's not spiking in Edmonton, right? No. So like it's a different thing. If you're if you're talking about the NBA and you know and, and Major League Soccer uh and the, I think the WNBA is down there too, right? In in Orlando, certainly uh Major League Soccer and the NBA are in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, and I, Orlando's I... a hot spot right now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're in a bubble. But again, these 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 workers who are serving the food or cleaning, you know, the rooms or whatever, they're not in the bubble with you. They're coming and going, so they go home, and you don't know what's, you know, what, you know, they're going to the grocery stores and what they're doing. So they could bring it in, whereas, you know, because they're in a hotspot, you know, in Edmonton, sure, the, the the guy that's cleaning your room or the guy that's bringing you your room service meal, um. He's going home that you know tonight too. But the numbers are so low in Edmonton that you know it's, it's less likely that that guy is going to bring it in to the bubble with him.
0: To me, the biggest thing on the table, uh, regardless of whether you know games start, whether they're able to play it to the completion of the Stanley Cup Final, whether a champion lifts the cup or not this season, the biggest thing to me is they got a collective bargaining agreement extension done as a part of this. And, and that there's going to be, you know, the 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 current CBA went through 22, and now you're talking a four-year extension through 26.
1: Uh, Assuming that, the players vote for it. <laughs> well, uh, I, yeah,
0: correct. Assuming right. the players vote for it. Um, I, to me, that that that's a huge step. I mean, and and we'll we'll get into you know, did the players or the players getting screwed here or not? And you know, both you and I have our feelings about that. But, you know, just to to be able to guarantee an extension of labor peace, you know, at a time when, you know, you see what Major League Baseball is going through and what they will go through next season and and what they seem to be heading, you know, barreling towards in terms of a a work stoppage to to actually get – a a longer period, a labor piece in the NHL, if that's how it does work out. To me, that's the biggest thing that comes out of this.
1: Well, that certainly would, would, you know, would take a load off um, any hockey fan's shoulders, you know, to know that, you know, the game's going to be there through 2026, because, you know, uh, 2022, I mean, you're talking about, uh, it was two years away, you know, so you could have been going through uh, another work stoppage, you know in two years and and so now you you know get not only do you not go through this in two years but you know from what's been reported you're going to get to see the nhl stars playing in the olympics in two years and again in six years
0: theoretically theoretically yeah and i know the players have been really pushing for olympic participation they haven't been there since 2014 when team canada won at sochi um you know, I, th- this is big for the players to get Olympic participation in 22 and 26, and obviously the NHL was holding that out as a bargaining chip. And uh, you know, well played, Mr. Bettman, in the negotiations, they uh, they 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 gave in on the uh, on the Olympic participation, or you know, they, they they acquiesced to it, and I'm sure it was at the expense of be it a, a flat salary cap or, you know, the players swallowing more escrow, whatever it is, you know, there was a, a little bit of a give for a get there.
1: All the details of everything haven't come out, I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's stuff that hasn't come out. But but the stuff that has come out, it, it seems like, you know, the players were getting some sort of sweeteners. Um, but at the end of the day, I you know, again, we, we can talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, there's... The, 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 you know, our Temmy Panarin talking about we got to fix the escrow. Well, I don't know that they did. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, I, I don't know that. You know, with the with the gun to your head, like you know, we got to start the season. You know, we got to start training camp in nine days. Um, you got to vote on this right now, yes or yeah. no. I don't know if I like that, but you know, but it is what it is. And you know, it. it I do think that. um you know, assuming it does pass, I mean, you know, I do think that they're going to get started, and we're going to see hockey, and um, and I think it'll it'll be great hockey.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing I I think the, both the NHL and the NHLPA deserves credit for is kind of reading the room here. You know, I mean, baseball is just being flat out killed for the way they handled this and and, and the petty no, arguments yes. they got into. No I, I think both sides read the room here. I mean, the, the world is a scary, depressing place right now, you know,
1: <laughs> and there
0: really, there there is no tolerance for, for reading about, you know, uh, very wealthy owners and, and, and players squabbling over money at this point, you know, regardless of, you know, what's fair to one side or the, or, or the other. Uh, I just, I, I think they deserve a ton of credit for reading the room properly.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, the, you know, the baseball thing was, was played out so publicly, um, yeah. that, you know, how could you not look at that and say, you know what, we don't want to be those guys, Yeah, you know, let's do it a little differently. So, I mean, like, you know, they've leaked yeah. stuff out to, you know, to their favorite people at, 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 at times, um, you know to give us little snippets of what's coming, but you know uh you know we we don't have the head of the players association um you know going toe to toe with the you know with the commissioner um as we did in baseball so yeah it's 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 been a, a way better process yeah
0: <laughs> and as much as I give those sides credit for reading the room i am now going to ignore the room and let's delve into (laughs) some of the financials here i mean from what we're hearing the parameters here um you know basic salary cap 101 uh cba for the nhl is that the owners and the players split hockey related revenue 50 50 Um now we can get into a terrible deal
1: for the players all along,
0: but okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's uh, especially since stuff like expansion money in there, there are other things that do not go into hockey related revenue. Right. So that the the players are getting, you know, kind of, you know, bent over a barrel there. Um but the 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 other thing here is that as, as you mentioned Artemi Panarin screaming about escrow, or, or more likely his agent screaming about you know uh, escrow. The players set aside a certain percentage of each paycheck. Um, <laughs> I remember talking to Anders Lee about this. You know, just as you and I on our paychecks see what the deductions are you know federal tax state tax city tax you know uh, health insurance on every nhl player's paycheck listed amongst all the other deductions is a line that just says escrow
1: so they, they
0: they see exactly what is being taken out of every single paycheck and it goes into this escrow and at the end of the year there's an accounting done so the 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 owners and the players split it fifty fifty and and if there's anything to give back to the players at that point that's when they you know get their escrow but more often than not the players are just losing that money out of
1: right. their paychecks right right so you so got a contract that's paying you x million dollars per season and then it's but it's x million minus yeah. whatever the escrow well is. So I mean it's been running anywhere
0: It it runs anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 percent minus, you know, for for what you you, you sign for. Now, now because of COVID and no fans in the arenas and the cancellation of 189 regular season games and, you know, and, and knock on wood, the NHL is able to complete this plan and go through a Stanley cup final. But if not, the, the, the revenue losses you're talking about are just going to, you know, double in treble. Um, yeah. But so as a result, now, you know, the players have been paid 90% of their contracts at the point on March 12th when the, the season was paused. Right. So now the players are on the hook a huge amount to escrow to get back to that 50 50 based on all this lost revenue you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars and as part of this return to play negotiations and extension of the cba negotiations that had to be reconciled how can the players pay back this huge sum of money that they owe the owners which when you say it out loud is just ludicrous but yes Yet there, there is the NHLPA.
1: What what they've they've done, and they you know they've had to. Obviously, they recognize that they're not going to make that money, and the, I, I forget what the percentage was this year thirteen percent or fourteen percent, something like yeah, that. it was right around there. Um, so it, you know, it's it's not just okay. You're not going to get that fourteen percent back. It's you know, we'd have to you'd owe us even more money, which
0: yeah. you know
1: would come out of next year's next season's escrow. So that's that's really the the thing that that prompted them to have to work on the c b a and that probably led them to you know extending the c b a you know for all those years of labor peace that you're talking about um, right you know because and, rev- I mean, revenue
0: is going to be shaky going forward,
1: yeah you know? i mean obviously the revenue took a hit this year and and you know in twenty twenty one um you know who knows. If if you're gonna be able to have fans in the building, and if and if you are, it's probably not going to be 100% uh, capacity. At least, certainly not at the start. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, your revenue hit, is going to take a hit next season as well. And until you know, until we can get um, a vaccine and people can feel comfortable and confident going going to games and and, and not having to socially distance, um, you know, which who knows when that's going to be.
0: Yeah, so what, what we're looking at, you know, for for next season loss of revenue is uh, I think it was actually for the next two seasons a, a flat salary cap. The right. salary cap for this season was eighty one point five million, and it, it sounds like that's not going to budge for right. so for the next eight, two years.
1: Right. So it'll be the same uh, eighty one five for the next two seasons after this one's over. Right. So next twenty twenty one and twenty one twenty two. Uh, and then a, a slight increase in the third in the in the season after that um and then, and then it has to be delinked you know from from the revenue thing um, mm-hmm. because obviously you are not going to make, No, you're not going to make your you know your typical revenue in 2021 that you got in say 1819 you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you just can't because um uh, the season's going to start late and um and and then and then you're going to uh maybe not have fans at least at the start and, you know, or or reduced uh, capacity and stuff. So there's, so your revenues for 2021 are going to be, are going to be down, you know, and, and so uh, in order for you, you know, so if you were going to link the salary cap to the hockey related revenue, then it would even go down from 81.5. So what they've, what they've agreed to is if they're going to keep it at 81.5, so it won't go up like, you know, normally you'd like the salary cap to go up every season, so it won't go up. it'll stay flat for the next two seasons after this um but at least it you know it's not linked to the to the actual revenue where it would theoretically have to go down to like sixty three million or something like that, which is
0: just well
1: linked
0: linked or not, you know almost every n h l team and and contending teams you know are teams that conduct business closer to the cap than yeah. you know teams that that do not. Um, and that's both of our teams that we cover uh, work pretty close to the cap. Um, a flat salary cap is going to force teams to make some pretty hard decisions here, um, you know, because there, there's there's very little wiggle room. You know, I, I'm looking I'm looking at the incredibly useful cap friendly right now. You know, right. just uh, so for 21 22. The Islanders have $41.5 million committed to nine forwards. And let's see, they have another $16 million committed to one, two, three, four, five defensemen. So what's 16 and 41 there? You're looking at uh, uh, 57, or let's call it around 60, 58, something like that, 56. Uh-huh. And then and then they're also commit on the hook for five million to one goalie, you know. So you got five and right. uh, forgive my math. That's twenty one and twenty one. It's sixty two million for nine forwards, five defensemen, and one goalie. That that really doesn't leave you a lot of money, you know, <laughs> to, to fill out the roster. Matthew Barzell's up for a deal. Ryan Pulak's up for a deal. Devante's is up for a deal. And unfortunately, and as we talk about the players really being bent over a barrel with the escrow, the same thing's going to happen with future contracts. All these impending unrestricted free agents or even impending restricted free agents who were, who were you know, even three months ago, banking on getting some really good deals this offseason. They have to completely readjust their expectations because, you know, a, the money's, I don't want to say the money's not there, but the money is not there under a salary cap system. So it's going to force some teams into, you know, some really hard decisions. Um, I, I think you're going to see some top-end players and then a ton of really young players. Uh, and, and when I say young, we we'll read cheap players, you know, right. filling out the rosters.
1: You know, the other thing, too, you know, we haven't seen – or read anything, or I haven't, I don't know if you have, uh, about, you know, uh, compliance buyouts. So, I mean, I yeah. don't think that that's, you know, that's something that, you know, could come up. And so, if you get those buyouts, you know, you know, teams will obviously have to, to use that, uh, and the Islanders, I'm sure, would would want to buy out some people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, it's going to be a new reality. I mean, it, to some degree, it, it's it's not that different from the rest of the world. I mean, the rest of the world is going to have to, you know, it's going to be uh far reaching uh, effects from this coronavirus in, in the real world as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I know there are people who are out of work now and um, you know, you, you'd like to think when, when their businesses uh, get back up, that they'll get rehired, but some of those businesses aren't going to, aren't going to get back up. And so yeah. you know, not everybody who's out of work now is going to get rehired when, you know, when, when, things, quote-unquote, get back to normal. So there's going to be a new normal, and, and, you know, it's it's going to, you know, as far as the NHL is concerned, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, navigate the new normal just as uh, you or I or, or anybody else is going to have to navigate a new normal. And so that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a problem for another day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you know, who's going to get bought out and, you know, who's going to, you know, I, I saw – um I listened to your podcast last week where, you you know, you suggested maybe Matt Barzal will take a bridge deal as opposed to the long-term deal. I mean, you know, so stuff like that, guys will figure it out. I mean, you know, there's a new reality that, that they'll have to navigate in and they'll navigate it. Maybe it'll be shorter term deals. Um, ultimately, you know, I mean, guys will figure it out. There'll be a new, you know, there'll be a reset to a degree. Uh, and I think, I think in 81, you know, a flat salary cap for the next two seasons, um, really is the best they could do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, unfortunately, I, I think what's going to happen, as you should suggest, is uh, a lot of players who were expecting to play maybe another three, four seasons are going to find their careers ending sooner than they wanted them to. Um, yeah, and, you know, but and, some
1: of those guys can just take less money. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, if it's being offered, you know, right. I, 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 like I said, I think there's going to be a huge swing to uh, the younger players on the rosters. Uh, Even, you know, that was one thing that the salary cap world did was, you know, uh, raise the value of having young players on those entry level or first, you know, first RFA deals, you know, who came in cheap really contribute to a roster. I just think you're going to find more and more of those, you know, (laughs) on rosters. And yeah, you know, you know, Yes, you're correct. Everyone is going to have to make adjustments here. Management's going to have to make adjustments, but there there are going to be, you know, a lot of players out of work. And uh, I I just, you know, (laughs) this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but I, I worry about 26, 2026, when this CBA extension ends, because I think the NHLPA is going to be very, very unhappy by the time we get to that year. I mean, we've been talking about that. This throughout the whole season's pause. That is going to be a huge, huge thing to watch during training camp. Is just how players are reacting. And Barry Trotz has mentioned that you know he suspects there are going to be different tiers of fitness, and he's going to have to work with that and group players accordingly. But at the same time, you know none of these coaches have really any time to wait for you know guys who just aren't coming around and you know i i think if games do resume you're there are going to be some lineup decisions yeah. that are going to raise some eyebrows because you know under you know best case scenario they would never be made but coaches are you know kind of pressed against it to uh you know certainly the ones in these you know well everything's almost an elimination game now you know <laughs> so it's a, so none of these coaches have much time to uh to wait for the uh for for the draggers whatsoever.
1: I think it's gonna be the most interesting training camp ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I hope never to have two training camps in one season
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm I'll be happy uh just to be in a rink uh if, if you know. Or, or whatever. I'll be happy to see guys skating um and uh and to know that the game's around the corner. I think that'll be you know, but but again, you know, with the caveat that, you know, they aren't in a bubble while they're in chain camp. You know, yeah. so they do have to get to you know, to the hub cities, uh, you know, yeah, no, there's fingers crossed that they do.
0: There is a long way to go from here to there. So uh, you know, um you know, like you say, fingers crossed and uh Uh, It would be, it would be great to see hockey, you know, it would be great to see, you know, I'm rooting for all these sports to come back. Uh, It would be great for, you know, the NBA to, to be able to do something. It would be great for baseball to, to get to do something. And, you know, certainly hockey, you know, uh, not only the sport we, we cover, but the sport we love, I'm still, I'm still skeptical, you know, I, I, Yeah, Uh, I I don't even know if uh, the skepticism will will fade, you know, once those qualifying series starts. And they are in the bubble. Uh, You know, it's going to take a lot to convince me that that this is going to really work all the way to the end.
1: Well, all the way to the end is is a long time away. But, uh, you know, I think they're going to start at least. I mean, yeah, let's let's first things first. Let's let's start. Let's get to the start. (laughs) Don't worry about the end later.
0: All right. Well, that was the end of our opening segment, and uh, don't have a, uh, a an outside guest for you, um, but we do have, you know, some Twitter questions, and that leads us to Andrew's answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's answers. And at some point, we're going to uh, have to turn this into Andrew and Colin.
1: No, 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 no! You
0: know, oh, oh, come on, buddy! You know, my You've man, become a dummy regular here.
1: <laughs> Johnny P is not going to be happy with us to uh, <laughs> do that.
0: Our good friend Joe Maniello completely skipped his question last week, um, and, and and I apologize profusely to him. But but Joe, Joe, let me see if I can remember. He asked something to the effect of, "Are the Islanders?" going to join tis the law as winners at belmont well the the, the question i guess uh, rephrased is do i believe lou lamarillo is building a legitimate stanley cup winner uh with the islanders and uh i i gotta be honest i i do i i think the islanders you know and i want to see you know how simon Holmstrom develops. Um, I, I wanna see, you know, uh how, how how the draft choices Oliver Wallstrom comes around. But I, I think I, I think the steps are there. I, I see a lot of the same things in the Islanders that he did with the Devils. Um, you know, I, I think there have certainly been a couple of missteps here and there, um, and missteps hurt more in a salary cap world. Um, you know, I, I know all the intangibles that a Leo Komarov brings. I just think that contract now more than ever, uh, you know, four years is at you know three million per. Um, I, I think that's going to be a problem for the Islanders. So uh, there have been a couple of missteps here and there, but in general, uh, I, I I would say the, the the seeds are there, you know, for uh, the Islanders to follow tis the law at Belmont. So,
1: well, uh, you know, the, the thing that, you, you know, you have to, uh, you know, if, you, if you're if you seriously trying to, to decide, you know, whether this is going in the right direction or not, you got to take into account that with the coronavirus, we just, you know, we're talking about it. You know, the rules, you know, flat salary cap and, you know, are they going to be able to buy people out? I mean, you know, we, we don't know what the rules are going to be that he's going to be working with. But, <laughs> you know, you and I both know Lou. He's, right. he's on the ball. He's, he's a tireless worker, first of all, and I know,
0: you know, sometimes around trade deadline, Islander fans have gotten a little, you know, <laughs> you know, I know this year they they brought in Green and Pajot, but, you know, there was some, you know, kind of Twitter angst as to whether Lou was going to do something or not, um, he, he wound up doing something, but it, he is a tireless worker, and, and he's very plugged into the inner workings of the NHL, so, um Let's see. Let me let me start out here um, and chime in anytime, Colin. Uh, Michael Michael Minucci says, "What do you believe is the main reason for the proposed plan to be uh, for all of the East qualifying teams to go out to the West Hub City and vice versa for the West teams to go to Toronto?" Per the latest buzz around the CBA negotiations, and I, I don't think that's how it's going to wind up working out. Um, I I think the Islanders and Rangers may wind up going to Toronto, but my understanding was they didn't want, you know, a a team playing in their home city, but yeah, it was more of an issue when Las Vegas was, was the slam dunk leader. (laughs) That was the main reason, uh, you know, for the switching was to not give a team a a home ice advantage. Um, But I, I think I think they're going to do <laughs> uh, the, the more sane thing. I think they're going to keep the Eastern teams in an Eastern city, and, and the Western teams will be out West. Uh, let's see. John, who uh, whose Twitter handle is at Enrico Palazzo, uh, just one of the greatest scenes in any movie ever, What mechanisms do you expect to be in place to facilitate teams being below the salary cap ceiling if not a compliance buyout? Wouldn't that be better than the option to bury one or two contracts entirely in the minors? You'd only have to pay out two-thirds as opposed to the whole thing. Bizarre. And he follows up by saying, for that matter, wouldn't both the players and owners be in favor of that? Wouldn't the player rather be bought out at two-thirds and be able to sign elsewhere? then toil in the minors or be forced to retire. And I, I would agree there. And then Robert uh Kuprian follows saying if there's no compliance buyout in the office off season, what contract do you think Lou moves to get some cap relief? So uh it's a really good question. If you're not going to have compliance amnesty buyouts, you know, how do you Get through this conundrum of a flat salary cap. And, and I agree that I think players would prefer to be bought out at two thirds rather than, you know, being, you know, locked into going to the minors and staying there or being forced to retire. Um, but, you know, I've heard precious little on the possibility of amnesty uh, buyouts and. I, I, I really don't know whether there is a better option um, because but you are going really
1: to do it. aren't they? I mean, like, how could you not?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I am, but that's why I'm saying it's a little bizarre and it's a little disturbing mm-hmm. that there's been no talk of these amnesty buyouts. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's because, They don't want to bring it up now and just have a player constantly bombarded with questions of whether he's going to be bought out as they go through this, you know, restart. Because, you know, let's face it, it's not
1: tough to figure out who the compliance buyouts would be, right? Right. Yeah. In most cases. I mean, you know, the players certainly would prefer to have buyouts. I mean, I, I I look at Kevin Shattenkirk as an example who got bought out by the Rangers last summer, you know, he gets whatever, you know, two thirds or whatever it is of his salary. And then I mean, he you know, he ends up signing a one year deal with Tampa Bay, pretty good team. And he can take less money. You know, he ends up, uh, you know, having a great year there. And, you know, I mean, if you're a player, why wouldn't you want that as opposed to, you know, playing in, you know, Bridgeport or someplace. Yeah. yeah it's just, uh, yeah. you know, you want to do that. And- and you know what, now that I'm
0: I'm kind of talking out loud here, I do think there is something to the reason we haven't heard much about this is because you don't want to hold that out as a carrot on the end of a stick to some of these guys, you know. And, and if Johnny Pajamas is listening, I'm sorry. I'm going back to uh, my days covering the Rangers. But I remember going through the 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs and – almost every question to Brad Richards was about, you know, is he going to be bought out? It it was nothing to do with hockey. You know, it it was all about, is he going to be bought out? And, you know, I I, I don't blame Brad for being, you know, it it was enough at a certain point. So I I could see, you know, the NHL leaving that to later to, to spare some of these guys from those, those types of questions.
1: The people who have leaked this information have been careful in what they've leaked, right? They, you know, they leak only what they want to leak. So, yeah. you know, I mean, whether they've talked about that or not, I mean, I would I would assume they have. But, you know, as you say, there's just no, um, you know, they obviously have made the decision that they don't want us to know that just yet. So, that's yeah. whatever it is.
0: And as to you know, Robert Kuprian's question is: If there is no compliance buyout, what contract do you think Lou moves to get some cap relief? Um, I, I think then you're you're looking at you know, and again you know, every team is going to be up against the cap, so or right. most teams are. So it's right. not going to be very easy to move some of these you know upper limit contracts. You're probably Going to have to entice another team to to take on a contract like that by including, you know, maybe a player you don't want to part with or a draft pick you don't want to part with, you know, to to get another team to to take a a high price salary off your hands. But you know, I I, I think with with the defensemen that the Islanders have, um, you know, I, I think you're looking at you know a, a guy like you know. Scotty Mayfield or Nick Letty, you know, possibly being dangled to, you know, to try and uh, reduce costs. But at the same time, and and this is a whole different subject, and I don't want to get bogged down in it. But you also have to keep players on your roster that you're going to leave exposed to Seattle in the expansion draft in in 21. You know, you, you can you know, potentially lose a big contract that way, too, if you include something to the expansion franchise.
1: Seattle will have learned, or I think GMs will have learned from the experience of, of when Vegas came <laughs> in. And I read somewhere, like, you know, all these all these GMs thought they were outsmarting uh, uh, Vegas or whoever by, you know, giving all these sweeteners to, to Vegas. We'll oh, take this guy instead of that guy, and you know, we'll give you we will give you this pick or that pick or whatever. And, and what did Vegas end up doing? You know, they end up going to the Stanley Cup Finals in the expansion, year, which is just yeah. crazy. <laughs> I still can't believe that. Yeah. I'm
0: going to let you have first swing at this one. Matt says, what has been the most outlandish rumor you heard throughout this return to play back and forth?
1: Most outlandish rumor? Huh. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> wow yeah
0: <laughs> which is <laughs> i'm sorry i threw you under the bus there yeah, i didn't know
1: I I, <laughs> I, I, I I think that i think they've been actually quite uh they've kept a, a tight lid on it um there hasn't been too much weird stuff i mean
0: uh I, I, maybe to me the it's not weird but the real rumors were like you know you you heard with certainty where the hub cities were going to be and then everything would change. You know, I mean, we heard for a month, it was, you know, put it in ink. It's got to be Las Vegas. It's going to be Las Vegas. They're going to Las Vegas. Well, you know, and and as you mentioned correctly uh, earlier in the show, the NHL and the NHLPA did a, a good job waiting here just to kind of see how things broke in terms of COVID. And it turns out, that Nevada is not the place to go. So, but uh, you know, as far as rumors, it was always I think about where the hub cities were going to be.
1: Right. There's there's nothing really else, right? I mean, it's just about you know the, the, where are the hub cities going to be, which they gave us ten possibilities, and and we were able to pick them off, and it, it was kind of neat to see that, you know t, you know cities would drop off. Somebody uh, in one of our sports meetings last uh, last last week was was. Uh, Getting a, a kick out of the, the fact that it was like a reality show, right? Like you, you know, you're, you're, you're whittling down the, you know, okay, there goes Dallas, there goes Minneapolis, St. Paul, and you know, now we're down to five, and down to four, and, and finally now we're down to two. Uh, you know, it give it, you know, it, it's it's it gives people something to talk about, um, yeah. and and that certainly is is a, a good thing. Um, if you're the NHL, you want people talking about your league and whatever, and, and you, you know you want them talking about your league in, in a in a positive way, as opposed to you know I can't believe these doofuses can't get together on a on a CBA and they're going <laughs> to blow the whole thing up for money. Like you know <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, let's see, Melissa asks
0: um, if you could trade for any player currently in the NHL. Who do you trade for? And the salary cap is a non-factor, so thank you for making that much easier for me. Um, also, who do you trade from the Islanders? And uh, just wow. going off the top of my head, I I try and acquire Drew Doughty because I think he's one of one of those. I mean, I guess I could say, oh, well, I would want. you wouldn't McDavid. go for
1: Dryside? Are you kidding me? Yes.
0: Yeah, Dryside on <laughs> McDavid, yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'd want one of those two guys, but I really like Drew Dowdy's game and I just don't think we see enough of him in the east. So I would get him to the east. But
1: wow. Colin ball for dry title. <laughs> gee, Colin's <laughs> taking dry side. <laughs> or,
0: actually, you know what? To to be fair, with the way the Islanders are, are constructed, the, the the guy I would bring in is David Pasternak. You know oh, yeah, and, I love that guy. Yeah, I think that would be
1: that just.
0: I, I think you know, I'm switching my answer. I, I love Drew Doughty. I love his game, but <laughs> I'm taking David. That a pitcher. boy,
1: Andrew. <laughs> and, as
0: as as who who do I trade from the Islanders? I I hate to make this dump on Leo Komarov Day, but uh, you know maybe I, I I I send Uncle Leo away because uh, you know there is just a plethora of third and fourth liners. Uh, in the organization, um, Rick Stark says i don't i don 't know why a decision is always you know impressed to you if you were kidnapped by aliens so So the question <laughs> is, if you were kidnapped by aliens and they told you that the only way they would release you would be to predict where the Islanders will play their next home game,
1: what would wow. you
0: what would be your answer, Coliseum, Barclays, Belmont, NHL, Ice Center, or somewhere else.
1: Yikes. am <laughs> what's like, on, man.
0: <laughs> I, I got to say, those are the most screwed up aliens in the universe.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe they're bored.
0: <laughs> it's like, could you imagine, like, just, in 75 million light years coming to this planet, and your one burning question is where are the Islanders playing next season?
1: They could probably get, like, uh, you know, a bet on, uh, you know, uh, DraftKings or or one of them. (laughs) Yeah,
0: oh, I'm sure. Uh, Here's my answer I think the next home game the Islanders play is back at the Coliseum. I think when all is said and done and we did a whole podcast with Jim where we were talking about going to Brooklyn, I, I think when all is said and done, this is a negotiating ploy on Prokhorov's part and the deal's going to be worked out. And somehow the Islanders are going to, if there are home games and I guess that's the other part of this question is there going to be home games, you know, before Belmont opens. But I, I think there will be, I think the Islanders will, will play at the Coliseum next. Uh, let's see. Um I'm going to save that one for last.
1: you have one from Johnny P?
0: Uh I do know I, I hear nothing from, from Johnny P. Johnny P come back to us, please. Um Thomas you know why P. he has
1: nothing to complain about because the last two pods you did, you didn't mention the word rangers in any of in either of them. I listened very carefully. I'm like Johnny pajamas. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. Uh, no, it's
0: Thomas Boyle is asking when is free agency? And I will say it will be immediately after whenever the draft is. So uh I so mean, that's a good
1: question, actually. When when are we gonna wrap this up? Probably when the cup will be handed out, I read somewhere somewhere in mid October, right? October twelfth yeah. or something like that, maybe. And so how soon could you do the draft? Maybe a month, maybe November twelfth?
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to get
1: and 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 jeez,
0: we did did we even mention that somehow both the Islanders and Rangers
1: <laughs> might have the chance that?
0: at the top overall pick? We didn't uh, even mention that craziness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is uh yeah, yeah, we completely we completely whiffed on that, but that is that is Totally, totally interesting. Can you imagine? Like, because so now there, there's people saying, oh, maybe, hmm, maybe attack that uh, that play-in series and go for your 12.5 percent chance of getting a Frangier." I don't know if you, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to do that, but yeah, you know, if you're Montreal, yeah. you might do that.
0: It's a nice consolation prize if you do lose that qualifying series to know that you, you might wind up with the number one. And really with the Islanders, it's all or nothing because if they don't get the number one pick, it goes yeah. to the Senators yeah. right. as part of the Gigi Pajot trade. And if the Islanders do somehow wind up losing to the Panthers and then winning the the second phase of the draft lottery, and getting the number one overall pick, then their twenty twenty one uh first round pick, uh, which will not be top three protected as this one was, uh, mm-hmm. goes to the Senators. So Thomas, you you
1: evoked a uh,
0: uh a pretty decent answer there <laughs> out of a so, four word yeah. so question.
1: If, if you're the Islanders, go you might as well just go ahead and win win your plans series then.
0: Yeah, yeah. No and <laughs> and and it was you know when i asked for comment um <laughs> when it turned out that's how the draft lottery went uh, very understandably the islanders response was we're focused on winning the qualifying series not winning the draft lottery so right. uh, which which i think is what you pretty much have to say but oh, um no,
1: it's pretty fascinating but if i'm the canadians though <laughs> you're the 12 seed in the east and he's a french guy the oh, ah, number one pick. And
0: you got Carey Price, and you can win a short series. Against but, the
1: Penguins. But then where are you going after that? Then you are getting Tampa. I mean, come on. You know,
0: you receive. You get the top seed
1: every round. Well,
0: this is, you know, this goes back to, I think, you know, discussing both with Brendan Burke and Doc Emmerich. They are both of the belief that anybody can win. doesn't no, matter. I mean,
1: yes. Anybody yeah, can I, win I, I in, in, I this, I
0: in this in the new normal of this crazy restart, anyone can win. Even the Montreal Canadiens, as 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 absurd as that may sound, given and, the Canadiens' regular season.
1: And it does sound absurd to me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I, I do think anybody can win. I mean, I, I think. Well, I think anybody can win around. I mean, I think the Rangers can win around. I think the Islanders. I would expect the Islanders to beat Florida. Uh, and then and then we'll see what you know. I mean, we're going to reseed, right? So you're always going to you, you can't yeah. tell who you're going to play in, in the round of sixteen because I suppose it would depend on on who else who else advances in the round of sixteen as to what your seed ends up being. So, you know, I can't map it out and say they're going to win, they're going to beat this team and then they're going to beat that team and then. But you know, you'd have to win five rounds, yeah. in the cup if you're the that, Islanders and Rangers. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of rounds. Yeah, I agree. That's a lot of hockey
0: to to get through. Um, well, we've come to the subset portion of Andrew's answers as we now answer some questions on Ilya Sorokin. To read out all the Ilya Sorokin questions, and then we can try and put a bow on this. Um, Is it the
1: same to... question every week, though?
0: No, but but now there's there's different news, obviously, because as part of this, uh, you know, they haven't announced for sure, but it sure sounds like play uh, teams will not be able to sign undrafted. or or unsigned draft choices like Ilya Sorokin and 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 place them immediately on the, on the roster, which is what all Islander fans, and I'm sure what Lou Lamorello and Ilya Sorokin were hoping for. Um, And it's been that way in the past, you know? um, Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I, I think it just, they probably just wanted to have that out there as a bargaining chip that, you know,
0: yeah. So they yeah. have the
1: players fight for it and then, you know, yeah, well if you want we'll give you this, but you gotta give us something else and yeah. and ultimately uh you know, who knows what it was that they would have been asking for in exchange.
0: Well, let's see. Uh but, Benjamin Deere says, Can you give us percentage odds in your opinion for Sorokin wearing an Islanders jersey next season? At this point, I'm gonna be in the thirty to thirty-five percent range, and that might be a little bit high, but uh, that's where I'll go.
1: So, Uh, so let me ask you this: What what, um, I've read that so the KHL is putting in a salary cap, right? They never had one before. uh, I believe that's the case, yeah. And they're putting in and putting one in. So, does that make it unlikely? um that they can aff- that that his uh CSKA team can afford him
0: I think in the KHL if, if Cisco Moscow really wants him they'll figure it out
1: <laughs>
0: that the salary cap won't be the thing keeping Sorokin off Cisco Moscow that that right, right. that's my cynical thought <laughs> right that's a fair point yeah um you know Vladimir Putin might be a huge Ilya Sorokin fan for all I know, <laughs> for all, and I, 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 I and I'm being serious, you know. So <laughs> let's see. Andy Hicks says if Sorokin not burn this year, meaning not, you know, burn the year off the entry level deal that he would sign, and then get a better, you know, kind of bridge RFA deal. How is it fair to the Islanders or teams in the same position? Uh, I'm not sure I can even understand the logic of literally changing the rules. This is more than just Sorokin. It's an entire plan the Islanders have going forward. I I don't disagree with anything Andy Hicks just said. It's not fair to to just change the rules from what, you know, the Avalanche were able to get Cal McCart on their playoff roster last year. Cal McCart. You know, yeah, guy's going to win Rookie of the Year probably. Or, yeah. Either him or Kim, Quinn Hughes. It, it, it's it's not right that the rules have changed. Um,
1: and, and for and, and for no really good reason. Like they no, have no. Explain I, I heard, why.
0: Yeah, Bill Daly's explanation that you you know the trade deadline has come and passed and you don't want to bring in ringers. Well, Cal McCar is a ringer. Yeah, you you know? you've always been
1: able to do it before. Yeah, Chris Kreider was a ringer
0: in the playoffs. Bill Daly's explanation really didn't make sense to me. Um, Wasn't Ken
1: Dryden a ringer going all the way yeah, back to this? Yeah, yeah,
0: I, bu- I believe so, yeah. Sean burke That's a huge ringer. So, uh, I don't think it is fair to the Islanders or to, to the Minnesota Wilder, you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes life is not fair, mm-hmm. and... uh you know, it is – this is a plan the Islanders have going forward, but you got to adjust, and Lou Lamarillo may have to come up with a different goalie plan than Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, to, to me the bigger issue is what happens now that he can't sign, right? And it's not a done deal yet, but, you know, it, it looks like it's a done deal. But presuming he signs – he re-signs with Seska. Does he sign a one-year deal and he come uh, and comes over – uh, after the season's over, uh, because the NHL season will still be going on. I mean, if we're going to start well, in January, could, we'll be playing until June.
0: Why right? couldn't he sign in the in, in the Swedish Elite League and right? You know, and come over immediately, you know, or right. or come over midway, you know, if the uh, start in the Swedish Elite League and then come over to the NHL in January or
1: February. You know? Well, the money is the thing, you know. I mean, yeah, you, can, you can't make the kind of money in Sweden or Finland or anywhere else that you can in Russia. True, true,
0: and I mean, I I think another factor is, you know, if the NHL doesn't start next season until January, right. you know, how long does this guy want to be sitting on the sidelines? Uh, well, that's I, what I'm I, saying.
1: Like he'd start, I, he, he'd play in 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 Russia in September, but their season, yeah. you know, if it's a normal season, it would end like their playoffs end in, in, at the end of April, right?
0: Yeah. Hasn't
1: the NHL typically not allowed players
0: who have played a full season elsewhere in another professional league to to come in?
1: I don't know. I think there's some rule where you can do it and but do you gotta go through yeah. waivers or something. I don't know. Yes, do they I mean? do have to go through waivers. I don't I don't know if Sorokin's getting through waivers. No, probably not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a, a good compromise between the NHL and the NHLPA would be allow guys like Ilya Sorokin to sign a deal right now. Not, you know, they're not eligible for this return to play roster, but they do get credit for the service time and they and, and Ilya can can burn this con- that, you know, the one year here.
1: And as I read somewhere today, he could if he signed with the team, they could loan him to a European team, so he could play in September yeah. and call him back when they need him.
0: Josh McDowell, and I've seen this question before. Just writes Sorokin in all capitals with <laughs> with six question marks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, any other Sorokins? I'm calling once?
1: Well, here's uh, the other thing. Like, really, is he is he that good?
0: Ah, uh, Simeon Varlamov thinks he's the, the best goalie not in the NHL. And we, we saw how good Igor Shosturkin was. And yeah. Ian Katerina says uh, he's unclear. Um, you know, even if guys like Sorokin are not eligible for the playoffs, does that mean Sorokin is signed? Does that Does it mean if he does sign, he can't play? Would be a bonus to see him this year, but signing him for next year is good too, and that's what we've been discussing. I, I think let, it's a little unclear on up to now as to exactly what would happen. As I mentioned, I, I think a fair compromise is let him sign, don't let him play, but let him burn that year burn off. Burn that year, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a, that would be a, a, a reasonable compromise. I mean, but. And, yeah, I don't see I don't see why that would be a problem. The only problem then would be he wouldn't be playing until January. Yeah. You know. So. That is a problem. Okay. You know, unless you you you, know, you you can send him somewhere like you know we just discussed like you could loan him back to his team in Russia or loan him to a different team in Russia.
0: All right, I got
1: two more here.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, Rob Taub, uh, my friend, Rob Taub asks me, uh, I see the way you revere the Islanders dynasty and those legends from then. Um, uh, revere. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> respect might be a, you know, yeah. a a fairer word and, and I would say I, I have respect for anyone who's played in this league and, you know, certainly guys who played for four Stanley cup championships, uh, you know, deserve a ton of respect. But the, the the question that Rob has, so my question is, did you grow up an Islanders fan? You know, I, I think I've told this story. the The, the short answer is yes. I, I grew up an Islander fan. I was that Dynasty was right in my wheelhouse. You know, from '80 80 to '83, that takes me from 15 to 16. Uh, if I'm doing my math correctly, uh, it was a long time ago. But you know, yeah, yeah, pretty impressionable at that point. But you know, going back a little bit further, I, I did start out as a Ranger fan. I am sorry, Johnny Pajamas, but yes, <laughs> did start out as a Rangers fan. But but more specifically, I, I started out as an Eddie Jockman fan. Um, you know, I, I've always gravitated towards goalies and. I just loved watching Eddie play, um, and, you know, but I, I, a couple of things happened, um, you know, one in 75, the Islanders beat the Rangers and Eddie the in, in, in that best of three first round series. And he kind of, you know, the Islanders kind of became a, a, a cool team you know they they were the upstarts the Rangers were more the establishment uh, and let's face it they were getting older um and then you know the next season uh Amel Francis uh you know cut Eddie Jockman and, and you know <laughs> <laughs> at the age I was at then you you just don't think your favorite player is going to get caught like that. It wasn't something that I could conceive. And then to have Eddie back in the garden, you know, two days or day, you know, the next day, two days later. And Colin did a fantastic story on this, talking to Eddie Jocken about it. You guys should go back uh, and search the Newsday website to read it. Um, Seeing him, you know, crying in a Red Wings jersey, it just – it made me so mad at the Rangers. (laughs) It it just did. I mean, here was was my favorite hockey player crying during the National Anthem because his team had cut him, you know. (laughs) So it just became very easy to to root for the Islanders. Um, And and like I say, I gravitated, always gravitated towards goalies. And as soon as I really started watching Billy Smith play goal, I, I was just enthralled. You know, maybe that maybe that makes me a jerk. You know, to to just think he was the the best thing since sliced bread. But I, I really yeah,
1: because he would whack people and, uh...
0: dude, when I played goal <laughs> I whacked every ankle in oh front my of me. God. <laughs> I mean, I, I I had a Billy Smith jersey, and I think I've told this story too. I went to, a, a, it was called Intermediate School, IS seventy. It's on uh, was it? it's on Seventeenth uh, Street, I believe, right off Eighth Avenue. It is very close to Madison Square Garden. Everyone in that neighborhood, everyone who went to that school, was a Ranger fan, and here I am, you know, walking into class, and this is. Right around <laughs> 1980. Here I am walking in with my Billy Smith jersey, and I, you know, and I just got the snot beaten out of me. But, <laughs> man. but You're yeah, taking
1: some boxing lessons, man. You should have. You should have walked in with a with a Gillies jersey or a Nyström jersey or something.
0: No, nah, man. I'm a lover, not a fighter.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going
0: to end this uh, long ride. Uh, I got one more question here I'm just looking for. It. Here's something I have never talked about, and I've been just chided and ridiculed and, you know, just hated on for, for over three years now. Um, Dan Hossman asks, two years later, after the Trotz hiring was announced, what was behind the, quote, Isles may be hearing good news on Tavares' tweet, which I did tweet out that the Islanders may be hearing good news on Tavares' tweet, and I have been reminded of that incessantly, especially on July 1st, 2018, when Johnny G. Mm. signed with the Maple Leafs, and I was just basically paraded around as a, a Twitter clown. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, that's hard. Yeah, no,
0: seriously. I mean, and and every every July 1st, someone retweets us. You know, this didn't age well. You know, uh, always on the anniversary of that tweet. Just, just killed for that tweet. Rightfully so. Obviously, it didn't turn out that the Islanders may be hearing good news on Tavares. However, I do stand behind that tweet because I heard from someone I do trust that it sounded like, and, and this was, I believe I tweeted that out during the interview uh, time uh, before July 1st, uh, right. when Tavares was still getting, you know, mm-hmm. listening to contract pitches. And, and someone who I trust told me at that time, the way the the, the dots were being connected there, it sounded like. Johnny was leaning towards coming back to the Islanders. And that's, you know, I'm obviously not going to tell you who told me that, but that's what I was told. And, you know, look, people just get really just just destroyed on Twitter because it's not like old-time journalism where you would have to confirm something You know, from two sources and you'd have to, you know, sometimes that wasn't even good enough for an editor, you know, to make it into the paper. Twitter is not like old time journalism. People just throw stuff out on Twitter and yeah, uh, I probably jumped the gun, but a source told me that he thought the Islanders would soon be hearing good news on Tavares. And, you know, I was, I was new to the Islanders beat. Uh, I'd been on it uh, starting in March as you were Colin, we got hired together at Newsday. You know what? I was hoping uh, to make, I guess I was hoping to make, I had heard some good news. I was hoping to make Islander fans happy. Turns out it's sort of backfired on me. I mean, it's, It's not the most outrageous thing I've ever seen on Twitter. And as you can see, I I did couch it. Isles may be hearing good news on Tavares. Well, they didn't hear good news, you know, but they might have. It's not like, I forget who it was, you know, this is not funny, but, you know, Someone tweeted out that, uh, you know, uh, coach Pat Burns had passed away and he obviously, you know, was dealing with a, a, a terminal disease. Uh, someone jumped the gun on that and, and said Pat Burns had passed away. And Pat Burns actually had to send out a statement, you know, very Monty Python like, saying, I'm not oh, dead boy. yet. You know, <laughs> that was out on Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah, I, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think my Tavares tweet, although I know it just absolutely twerked off everyone in the Islander Twitter universe. It it was not a Pat Burns tweet. So uh, I'll I'll stand by that. With that, we are going to get out of episode 37 of Island Ice. And my huge thanks again to my compadre and longtime friend and uh, Newsday teammate, Colin Stevenson. Thanks again for uh, being along on this ride.
1: Yeah no I mean I, I'm uh, I'm grateful that you you asked me to come along and uh listen we uh hopefully will be actually talking some legit hockey next week right because we're here in July 10th right that's next yeah. Friday.
0: actually July 13th I believe is now the time. 13th the
1: they pushed it back okay all right yeah. well
0: Soon, we may be actually talking real hockey and talking line combinations and all that kind of fun stuff. And wouldn't that actually just be fantastic? Uh, I- until then, uh, I'm Andrew Gross. You can find me on Twitter at A Gross Newsday, and you can find Colin at Colin S uh, Newsday. You can find the Island Ice podcast uh, this episode and all past episodes. On the Newsday website, you can also find Island Ice on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever podcasts are. And until we talk again, please be healthy and be safe, everyone. Thanks so much for listening.